real estate over there and hustle over here. Got real estate over there and hustle over here. Welcome to the Uninvited House Guest Podcast. I'm Tony Stanford. I'm Joy Bailey. Thank you for checking us out. So Joy, you, you went live a couple nights ago, like you usually do, and you said something about the cost of being expensive to live in Charlotte. I'm paraphrasing here. And you came up with a number that you felt like people needed to have in order to live comfortably, I believe is the term you use in Charlotte. Not yeah. just afford a house, but to live comfortably. Yeah. So I want us to dig into that a little more. Um, she did use some articles, of course, and that. But we'll kind of rehash, again, how we got here. But what's the number you came up with? And then let's like walk backwards from there. <laughs> to live in Charlotte. So as a homeowner, like if you're buying just the average purchase price in Charlotte, I came up with you should have a household income of about $12,000 a month. Which is like 145-ish a year, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Are you shocked? Cuz you don't don't try and act like you didn't question me when I said it. <laughs> well, so how can I say this? In my opinion, Charlotte has become a city where it's a two-income household city. Absolutely. Really, that's not the makeup of the city because, of course, we know single and more house than men. Yeah, 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 right. But where Charlotte is going is you're going to have to have a two income. You don't have to be your you know, partner in that sense of a partner. You can just be friends and own a house together, whatever the case may be. But that is where we're going as a, as a city. So as a result, I think that is actually a good number based on the median housing. It's, it seems high, but I think it's a good number <laughs> because it, it makes sense. If you weigh all the factors, but it does seem high. It's a shock value, I guess I should say, when I hear you say that out loud, because I don't know too many individual people that make that much money per month, which means it has to be, I guess, two people in order mm -hmm. to get there. Right. And one can be very high and one can be low. And to your but you know what? To your point, though, you're absolutely right. Like it, it definitely is probably not just going to be one person because, I mean, I grew up here. I always talk about the fact that I never thought I lived to see a day where a teacher couldn't buy a house. And here is what, I mean, I pulled some just, like, basic information about the city. And, you know, the average household income in Charlotte is about $68,000. Um, but I sat in a presentation earlier um, in the year, a few months ago, where they also said that 80% of the people that live in Charlotte can't afford to buy a house in Charlotte. So, I mean, it's par for the course. It sounds like a shocking number, but it is right on pace with those statistics that 80% of the people that live here can't buy here. Yes, ma'am. Again, that's those are the numbers. Uh, and that's what I said. It's become a two-person income household because, again, if you, again, I don't know a lot of people that make $140-ish thousand dollars by themselves. Not saying that those jobs don't exist because we live in a banking city, right? So there are people who make that much um, or they have, you know, a very high skill set where they're allowed to kind of do that. So, yeah, I just think the our idea or concept of what it takes to to live in Charlotte has to change because, you know, for most people, it's like, oh, it doesn't have this or doesn't have that or we don't have a, I don't know, what's the table for, we don't have SDK, which we about to have. We don't have SDK. We don't have the high-end stores. Like, how can we have housing that costs as much it doesn't have this it doesn't have that i'm like bro it's it's coming it's definitely coming i was behind a bentley yesterday um and i remember when i would see like rolls royce and bentley's and th and it would be like a once and once a year th it would be so rare you had to take a picture of it and post it like oh look what i saw 
And I literally, I see them almost on a daily basis now, not like attributing it to where I live, but I am attributing it to, you know, just the fact that it sounds like those vehicles are more accessible now um, than they have been in the past because I just, I would never see those kind of cars. It's like, why? Because I took a picture of one at Harris Teeter one day, and it was so dirty. And I was like, sir, like, why is your Rolls Royce dirty like a Toyota Tundra? Like, what are we doing here? But, you know, whatever. Hey, you got it. That was tricking his, if you got it, that right? Was, that was his everyday car. That's, <laughs> that why, he was, that's why he's at the grocery car. store with it. Which is what I'm saying. These people buying these houses, and they're not going to stop for you. Like, people out here living. And what's the point of all of this is that I came across an article um, about a week ago that said that um, 90% of homeowners didn't realize how expensive it would be. And then there was another article that said 80% of homeowners that bought last year, specifically millennials, were unhappy with the home. Um, that they'd purchased. And I immediately thought to myself, you damn right you unhappy because you ain't you can't go nowhere. <laughs> like you spent every dime that you would get to get into the house. You bought at the top of your budget, which the top of your budget um for mathematical purposes, whenever you're qualifying for a loan, is typically going to be fifty percent of your gross income. Um so, I mean, what, what are we, we going to do? So, I started thinking about, like, okay, well, what is a real number? Like, let's unpack this. What is? How much money do you really need to live in the city and own a home in Charlotte? So, that's why I'm like, okay. Okay, so that's the background. Okay, I'm with that. Can I? I mean, I always struggle when people say talk about happiness. Like personally, I know this is probably off topic, but I always struggle when people talk about happiness because it's a it's an emotion, which means it comes and goes. Like you're happy today, you're happy tomorrow, it changes. So I don't know if happiness is the right way to measure like the how you feel about your house, if that makes sense. Um, as you said before in this podcast, um, obviously there's a lot of stages in between home ownership and homelessness. Like there's not there's, there's not Again, hey, you ran on this other stages in between, right? So I think happiness, I don't know. I'm not saying it's not a good measuring stick for whether the home buying was a good decision or a bad decision, but I don't I don't know what else it should be either. I guess that's why I struggle with that. But I don't, I don't know if I, I like that as a metric. I do because purchasing a home is so it's an emotional process. It is? Just by itself, right? Mm-hmm. It is an emotional process. It is a milestone that when you achieve it, you feel accomplished. Accomplishment is a feeling. It's subjective. Mm-hmm. What you perceive to be something that's accomplishment, I may not. Fair. So in the same way that you're saying emotions are fleeting, they are. So are accomplishments. Because, I mean, if you think about it, like psychologically, we dwell in things that we fail in significantly longer than we dwell in our achievements. Very true, right? very true. And so it is a purchasing a home, living in it. You imagine, you know, having your kids and your Thanksgiving dinners, like all of that. It is a, a, 90% of buying the house is emotional. Very true. <laughs> and so, yeah, you doggone right. It's like you got it and now you're miserable because you can't do nothing else. I think, though, so I guess 
there's an adjustment period, I think, in, with anything, though. Like, anything new. Like, your, your first time going to college, your first time getting a car. Like, you have to learn how to be a car. Like, oh, you gotta, get, you gotta put gas in this thing? Like, every week? Like, you learn... It's you, like feeding your right, kid. Yeah, I'm like, you hungry again? So, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a growing process. So, I think... I would like to brief all these same people, like, three years later. Right? Just to see if... Because I said happiness is fleeting. That's what I said. I don't know if it's a good measuring stick because it changes. But I guess with everything is growing pains. Like you learn how to be a homeowner, you learn how to be a car owner, learn how to be a parent. Like it changes over time. So I'm sure some days it's like I got the best kid in the world. Some days it's like why do I have kids? Like I'm sure you go through that range of emotions because it's normal, right? So I would love to repo this group of people in three years and see if they feel the same way. Um, but again, I also understand if you didn't. If you slid into your own, meaning that you weren't the ideal candidate and you didn't have a lot of things that crossed so that when you got there, it was easy, it probably was more difficult. And maybe your your parents didn't say, hey, I'm going to give you furniture or this or that because you got it. So it may be a little more difficult. So I would imagine you would also like, dang, I got this thing and now it's a lot of responsibility because it is a responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, I get that part, too. That's why I said I would love to, like, repo these people in, in three years uh, just to see if they still feel the same way or unhappy or whatever the case may be. Um, and again, as you said, the market is at the top. It's, it's going to change. It will change. It will continue to change. So again, maybe to have some equity in three years and they feel totally different. That was the best decision of my life. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they would feel in three years. I would love to be able to pull these same people and see if they're still at 90%. Like, this was a terrible decision. Does it go down more to 50% or is it, you know, 10% all the way to up opposite directions? I'll be really curious of how that changes over that time frame. I'm telling you, I talk to these people every single day. And because the rates have gone up so quickly um, and sharply, and because the home prices have gone up so quickly and so sharply, at the same time, um, people feel pressed because they're scared. Like, it might not ever happen for me, so let me go hard or go home, yeah. right? Um, they're upset because the house isn't as big as they thought it would be. Mm-hmm. You know, all of the, you know, like he says, all tied to feelings. But it's like, well, I mean, I better make a move now, right? Understood. So, okay, so you make the move. Mm -hmm. You get it. You happy. You like, okay, almost got, I'm almost there, right? <laughs> but along the journey, these people are miserable along the journey. Understood. They have regrets along the way. It's just like when people get married. I don't ever understand, like, when people get married, okay, you get married in May. And then in December, like, y'all not exchanging gifts? Like, what happened? How did it fall apart so fast? Well, I'm not even getting the... Where your pajamas? Like, why y'all don't... <laughs> I'm serious. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. I've never been mad. I promise. I'm so sincere when I say this. This is my real thoughts. And so I'm like, well, you didn't just suddenly get unhappy the day after the wedding. You knew... That this was going to end in failure, but you continue forward. Like, the man hated you because you couldn't stop talking about this wedding day and the details and the dress and this and that. You want to talk, you, He hated you at the wedding. The hate wasn't just going to suddenly disappear the next day. It's the same thing with buying a house. Like, when you like, okay, I'm going to write this $30,000 due diligence check. You hate it then, but you keep going. In business, it's called escalation of commitment. It is a textbook thing. And so now you've committed. 
You done told your family, you done told your friends. Now you got external pressures. You're like, God, I can't can't pull out. I'm being embarrassed. They're going to think I can't buy the house. I'm going to ball. I can buy this house. Right? You go through the entire process. You stay up late at night. you like, okay, well, if I get a job and I can work on Saturdays, then I can, okay, well, if I eat, well, I don't, I don't got to eat every day. Okay, I don't, I don't have to go out. Like, you calculating, you carrying the one, you like, what about this? What about, well, I, I don't have to put that much in the form. Okay, these are real life thoughts and decisions that are happening all along this 30 day window, or even worse, this 90 day, 90 or 120 days when you're waiting for your house to finish being built. They know they get in the house, and I think they think it's just gonna magically change. And it doesn't. In fact, it gets worse. <laughs> it does. I actually like the analogy you used. It was pretty cool. I actually like that. Like, I, so, but I think like um, this is not my personal situation. But I think like in general, people don't uh, plan for to be married. They plan for the marriage because that's the big day. Like that's the circle in the calendar. They play, plan for the wedding. But, yeah, the not wedding. The marriage. Yeah, not yeah. the marriage. So I think that's the same way with home ownership is, okay, cool. What I need to do to get the house? Okay, bet. So you're planning for all that, and then it's not, oh, damn, I got the keys today. So now it's like, damn, I got the keys today. What do I do next? Right. So I think that's a part of, I guess, the problem is people plan for the the start. Because, again, the wedding is the start of the marriage. It's not the end. It's not the thing. It's the beginning. So similar to the house. The day you get your keys, is you're now a homeowner, and now you have to walk in home ownership. You got right? 30 whole years to go. So, you know, once you got a 15-year-old. But, yeah, essentially, <laughs> it's it's the start. And I think a lot of people stress about qualifying so much that they don't get to, you know, see the forest from the trees and that kind of aspect. So I think it was a good analogy that you used. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a... I don't have any good things to say as far as that's concerned. I think I think it's um it's a it's a process. Like I said, you should take you shouldn't. It's emotional the whole time, so I think you should be emotional about it. I guess to some extent, but at the same time, you should refrain from saying like, "Hey, I want to end this marriage by Christmas." You should probably refrain. You should give it some time to figure out. Okay, is this working the way I want it to work? How should it work? Like, it's a lot to to develop and to think about on a daily basis. So I think you should not say, "Hey." I think this buying a house was a bad idea immediately. I think you need to figure it out first. Like, again, give it some time. And again, you may still feel that way. And then, cool, let's sell the house or whatever you need to do. But otherwise, well, hey, it's actually a great idea. We had Christmas at my house this current year. It was great. So like I said, I think if you if you bought, I don't know, six months ago, you're not qualified yet to say you like it or you don't like it. I think you need time. Um, and I think our generation currently, we're living, everything is so fast. You know, you post and you get immediate reaction or, hey, I posted, I bought a hub on there. You get, you know, 3,000 likes and everybody loves it. So as a result, you feel like it should be instant. But that's just day one. So I think, like I said, it's definitely you have to prepare for the marriage of your home. Like, you know, how long that process takes and kind of get it together and yeah, study every accomplishment. Take it day by day. I would kind of give people that philosophy on everything, not just home ownership. But I think that's probably the piece that's missing to your point. You want to unpack some numbers? Sure, let's do it. So the average purchase price in Charlotte for February 2023 is mm-hmm. $421,000. And I'm rounding, $421,000. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a bare minimum down payment, and again, I'm still rounding just to illustrate my point. We're talking about a payment easily over $3,000 a month. Mm-hmm. $3,000? I thought it was only going to be $1,700. Oh, well, you're sadly mistaken. 
Um, will that number ever be 1700 Highly unlikely. But let's roll with what it is today in current market conditions. You have property taxes, homeowners insurance, mortgage insurance, uh, probably some HOA dues. Um, so let's call it 3200 And I'm going to be really honest. I think I'm lowballing that number. So let's call it $3,200 a month. Mm-hmm. That's your mortgage. For the purpose of qualifying, we got to immediately times it by two. Okay. So we had $6,400 a month out the gate. But no, y'all don't ever come to us first. You come to us when you in your 30s because the average age of a first-time home buyer is about 33 years old. 33 years old, you done lived a little bit. You got a car, a couple cars. Um, you got some student loans. You got some credit card debt, right? So give me some numbers. What you think a student loan payment looks like? Student loan payment. Yeah, I'm gonna let you do it because I think you think I'm crazy based on my numbers. So I, I'm, I'm gonna let you. You got it. For a four year institution, probably, uh, probably about three or four hundred bucks. Okay, I definitely say a four year just because of the way that the city is built. Okay. Yeah. And the the type of uh, well, it's a white collar city. Let's yeah, just yeah. call it what yeah, it yeah. is. Like yeah. no shade, you know, to my, to my blue collar Henrys. We love you, but. <laughs> It's definitely attracting higher uh, paying jobs and more likely than not, the people that fill those spaces have attended four-year institutions. And yeah. so what do you think is a student loan? I'd probably say three or four hundred. No, pick one of the two. Three hundred. Three. Okay, Solid. we got three hundred dollars. <laughs> All right. And of course, we have cars, right? Mm-hmm. The number that I use, I'm sticking with averages. The Average car payment, and this is Googleable information, is like seven hundred dollars a month. Right. Okay. So, boom, we got a car, we got our student loans, we fly, honey. Our Instagram is okay. We got credit cards. Okay. How much you think we should have a monthly credit card debt? We should have no debt because we're good spenders. But if we happen to have some, we probably have, I don't know, minimum payments of about 800 bucks. $800 a month? Yeah. In credit cards? Yeah, got a lot of cards. The cards. Who got? Oh, shoot. All right. I'm messing up your numbers? All right. No, mind. these your numbers. You just, <laughs> you're making this too easy for me. Okay. So, all right. So, we are entering the market. Now, like I said, if you have absolutely no debt at all, you qualify for a conventional loan, you need to make it $6,400. But, nope, we got somebody that got real life. So, we're going to add your $3,200 mortgage payment. You have $300 a month in student loans. You got a $700 a month Dodge. You got an $800 a month credit card bill. And... um. We're at $5,000 okay. in debt. So for you to qualify for this house, we're going to times it by two. You need to be making $10,000 a month. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? It's not a problem. You didn't eat. You don't got to eat. It's optional. They have right. free food no. at work in the, in the break room every, you didn't every eat. day. We got free you haven't paid no household bills. How much are monthly household bills? Because let's, let's think about it now. With a single-family home in Charlotte, you're going to have a gas bill that you didn't have in your apartment. You're going to have a water bill that you didn't have in your apartment. Buy a townhouse. Oh, we'll get to the HOA. Because it's a set fee. You you, you cut all those out because water is going to be included. You're good. You're, okay, let's go your with wa- your theory. Your water, How much your, 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 your HOA does? Your water and lot maintenance is covered. 
uh, a low HOA payment in Charlotte is 180 bucks. Okay, we talk about a 400 and some thousand dollar house. Stop playing with me. A so low what, HOA is 180. Is what I'm telling you. Ain't no HOA 180 with a 400 and some thousand dollar townhome. 250. Okay. 180 is a low HOA though, and it's in a 400 thousand dollar. All they're paying for is water and yard maintenance. I play your game. Let's go 250. No, I play your game. Okay, so what HOA is 180. All right, so now we got lights on the inside that we got to pay for because your HOA don't cover that. What else we got on the inside? Gas? No, we just got electric. Why y'all have gas? We just can't do energy. We just can't do energy. Okay, we got cable. We don't watch Uh, power. No, we we, we, we got Hulu. $19.99. Got the premium pack. (laughs) Okay. Cell phone. All right, that's cool. About $100. Okay, so a hundred and twenty dollars a month for household. No, wait, hold on. What we say? How much is the electric cell phone, bill? Duke, you got Duke Energy. You got a cell phone, and you got. How, okay, so how much is the electricity bill? Uh, it ranges, but let's say eighty dollars on the low month, and then in the warmer months, it's a little higher. Okay, so, so. let's call it for all those three things: two hundred dollars a month in household bill. All right, cool. Okay, hundred dollar HOAs, two hundred dollars in household bills. Okay. Um. What else we? Got? Oh, we we gotta eat because we living. We we trying to figure out. Living in Charlotte because we don't want to be unhappy, right? Understood. So, to live in Charlotte, eggs are expensive right now, so groceries are going to be a little high. Yes, we have to eat. How much are groceries per month? And I want to say, we're talking about somebody don't have no kids. We're not going to include no daycare bill. We're not including after school care. We're not including any athletic fees or anything like this. It's like a regular schmegler basic situation. Four to five hundred bucks. Okay, we go. We go. We go. We gonna have some steak. Okay, let's have five hundred dollars a month, right? Okay. Okay. Well, of course, we buy food and we never eat it at home because we gonna eat out. Exactly. So you okay. can cut it half, but you have more money for going out. See, it works. <laughs> Go to Costco. <laughs> That's not how it Costco. works at all. We load up the refrigerator. Stop the gap. You load up the refrigerator. And then you like, oh, it's frozen. I'm going to go out to eat. And Or you, you buy the Keurig and you're like, oh, I'm still going to get the Starbucks. Oh, my God. We ain't even included the Starbucks bill. Ain't no Starbucks budget. It's <laughs> just a once, once a week type of thing. Okay. It's no budget. Okay. So we got $500 in groceries. No, but we going to eat out because you do eat out. We eat out. That's the thing. How much money? Okay. So then this person, <laughs> this hypothetical person does not eat out. Okay. They don't drink? It's included in the $500. Alcohol? Yeah, they bought a bottle and it's going to last them for the month. They spent, so how much did they spend? So they don't have any, what they eat in like a hot dogs? Chicken. <laughs> they have really good deals at Harris Teeter. <laughs> a lot of chicken. You can make it a lot of different ways. Get your season. You got your season game right. You, you can eat a lot of chicken. I see why these people are unhappy. <laughs> Occasional okay. fish. Occasional fish, but mostly chicken. You good? Okay. So five hundred dollars in groceries. They don't go out to eat. They don't go no, out we to said drink. They, they said we, they can go out to eat. They can't necessarily drink while they're there, but they can go out to eat because it's in the budget. Of the five hundred dollars for groceries. Yeah, for the drinks that they have at the house. <laughs> gonna get a girl if he don't go out she works with him so they dating at work majority of people meet their person their person at, at work oh my god 
hate you. I ain't got all the answers, ma'am. I don't have the answers. I'm just telling you what I know. Okay, well, let's... Let's let oh my god, you are hilarious. So let's go with, with your hypothetical scenario. So we got thirty two hundred dollars in a mortgage payment, three hundred dollars for student loans, um, seven hundred dollars uh is the average car payment, eight hundred dollars in credit card debt, two hundred dollars for your household bills, hundred and eighty dollars a month for your HOA because he said he wanted to live in a town home. Five hundred dollars for groceries, cause God bless this poor person that don't have no um social life what so if they're not going to see beyonce they don't be going to concerts nothing this person is just living their life and they just they go to work and come home every day is that what you're convincing me of they got live music in charlotte all the time you ain't got to pay to go see you just show up that is not beyonce she might pop up one day they don't go to the see the charlotte hornets they don't go see uh the carolina panthers they be giving them tickets away the hornets is trash right they now. don't go to the soccer games Nothing. They just so they just in the city and not living in the city. Because the purpose of this exercise is to show people how much do you really need to make to live in the city. You want to enjoy the city that you live. That's why you move, true, right? True, true. My fault. I apologize. I apologize. I didn't. Help so this person is in the city. They they move from Chicago to North Carolina, but they'll never know it because they don't go nowhere. They go to work and they go home. Okay. Well, my still my point is to do all of that is um is fifty eight eighty per okay. month. Okay. This is these are exp- these are bills. This is expenses. Right. Okay. So let's be comfortable and times it by two. What I say, fifty eight eighty times two. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Times two is eleven seventy six. Okay. Almost close to your number, right? Just like that. I mean, it's it costs a lot to, to really, truly live, um, especially when you already have debt. And I think people severely underestimate things. Like I said, you, you got to go to Target. You know, that you do have to go to Target. Why you shake? You have to. You got to buy paper towels. You can't not buy paper towels. Amazon. You ain't got to leave the house. If the problem Stop is, if you, you still if, have to if, spend if, the if money. You, if you go to Target, you're going to overspend because it's set up for you overspend. The way the setup is, you still have to purchase the things. But if you though. go to Amazon, it comes to you. You don't have to go. According to your, see, and this is what I'm saying. This is what happens with home buyers. They are severely <laughs> underestimating what they're spending money on. You do go to Target and you spend a hundred dollars every time you go. You do go to Starbucks and you spend, you know. Five dollars twice a week. You do go, you know, to all of the, these things that nickel and dime your money, and you don't realize that you just wasted three hundred dollars on absolutely nothing for the month. Um, it just it happens. But when these people get in homes, some of the things that they're calculating that people are not factoring in is property taxes, renovations, utilities, roof work. Cause we ain't getting no new house. We got, you know, a house that was already 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, maintaining the home's appearance, like pressure washing the house, getting Halloween decorations, having Christmas decorations. You don't have to, but I mean, you know, whatever. Getting the grass cut, whatever it is that you're doing. Your homeowner's insurance. If you got a neighborhood where people are filing claims because people keep, quote unquote, breaking into your cars, which they not breaking in, stop leaving them doors unlocked and want nobody open the door and take your stuff. Um, that factors in your appliance repairs. What if you need a new refrigerator? Refrigerators cost like three thousand dollars. 
upgrading the appliances that you got when you moved in. Um, your HVAC. I have my HVAC serviced annually. Um, and I think it charges me like $100, $150 a year or something like that. Yard work. Home cleaning. If you get a cleaning service to come clean your house because you're so busy at work, you might can't clean up your house all the time, you know. That's a couple hundred dollars a month. Foundation repairs. It's all types of things that people do not factor in. But here is the number. They said aside from mortgages, homeowners say they spend an extra $17,459 a year in expenses on average. I mean, I can see that. Again, because... I mean, personally, I have a addiction to Lowe's. Yes. I just go in there and I see stuff I like. And then next thing I know, I'm doing a project that I had no plans of doing. Absolutely. So I might be in Lowe's weekly. And yeah. I don't have a membership officially, but they get my money like I got one. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, again, I can see that. Mm-hmm. It so could definitely happen. And, again, as you say, you make a target run here, you know, mm-hmm. it's 300 bucks. You can win to get Paper towels, paper towels, and stuff. That's what I said. You gotta, you gotta figure out the best way to shop so that you can be as, I guess, here frugal and be as conservative as possible because it allows you to have extra for the other stuff that you actually want to do. Because again, Target wants your money, and Lowe's want my money too. So if you go in there and you don't have a plan, you're gonna give them way too much money. It's just as bad as going to a casino or having a drinking habit or anything else. Because again, it's you know you like your house, you want the place you live to look nice, right? So you're going to probably end up spending a lot of money there. Absolutely. So, So, I mean, like I said, these are somewhat hypothetical numbers, but really not really for real. Like like to Tony's point earlier, most people don't have, you know, $10,000, $12,000 a month as their salary. And so that is how we end up in a city where most of the people that live in the city can't actually buy houses. People are coming from New York. They're coming from California with their $200,000 jobs. And they're buying the houses without blinking. They have no problem. They are loving the city. They're going to see the Charlotte Symphony. Oh, my God. I priced out the Charlotte Symphony because I thought I was trying to be cultural. I was like, I want to expose my son to the arts. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm going to go and get me a violin from one of them music shops and get me a piece of music. And I'm going to play my violin for my son. <laughs> it's expensive. It's, it's very, very expensive. So... I don't know. I hope that this was something that will cause uh, you as a potential home buyer to really think about the lifestyle that you have, the lifestyle that you want. What adjustments do you need to make? You can't save your way to being wealthy. You know, so purchasing a home is absolutely going to have to be part of your plan to build wealth in your lifetime. That may mean that you need to upgrade your skill sets to get a higher paying job to be able to actually really truly afford the home that you really want um four bedroom house 400 some odd thousand dollars i mean that might not even be two thousand square feet i'm not really even sure like these houses are getting smaller and smaller but you you gotta be able to really truly afford the house and the lifestyle that goes with the house um I hope that's helpful. That's all I got on that. Yeah, man. I, again, I totally agree. It's definitely an adjustment. So, like I said, I just want to repoll the people after three years to see if they feel feel the same way after they learn how to be a homeowner. Because, like I said, it's a grill pains. You might just not like want to call them. They might hate you. Your first day, your <laughs> first day of high school, I'm sure you was like, "Oh, I love it here." Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you hated it, right? Mm-hmm. Your first day of college, I'm sure you was like, "Oh, 
I don't know about this place. Y'all mm-hmm. said it was going to be this. Like, again, I know people transfer from great schools because it's like, oh, it's not what they said it was. Yeah. What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. So, again, I just want I want to repoll these people in three years and see if they still have the same opinion um, or they were able to figure it out. Um, so that's my, where I am with it. So. Mm-hmm. so we got this segment of the podcast where we do like a trending topic. It's just a real quick blitz. Um, if it's if a discussion gets too good, it'll turn into a further discussion later. But it's called Mortgage Points. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about mortgages, obviously, or potentially about mortgages. Um, and today's topic is... Toxic house confession. I don't like having the same house as every other house on my street. Should I have bought custom instead of this cookie-cutter garbage? Thanks, Lenar. <laughs> what? have a Lenar house <laughs> it will be no Lenar slander on this podcast okay <laughs> and I'm sure Lenar has made you a couple of coins too it's nothing wrong with having a regular you know floor plan that you point and and build I like those personally now I will say I do have a running joke about Lenar because they used to have a um, their slogan I don't know if it's still the same it used to be like everything is included and when I bought my house five years ago, I was like, they need to change it to as is. Because I think the only thing I could customize, I got choices for the brick, choices for the vinyl siding, choices for the color of the shutters. I think I could choose the door. And then it had like five options for granite. That's a lot of choices. Like five. They really weren't choices for granite because all except one of them was like, early 2000s colors so fair enough so what do you think about custom bills because i do talk to people a lot and they're like oh well i want to buy some land and i'm gonna build a house okay i mean if you got custom money by all means i think it's a good way to go um it's not necessarily cheaper or better it's just different Mm -hmm. um i guess let me backtrack and say that you can get a Lenar home, and once you get an inside and you own it, you can change everything inside. So nobody, in my opinion, nobody cares what the outside of the house looks like. It's once you're in there. The home is in the inside of it, right? It's the yard. It's the, you know, how your refrigerator looks and how, you know, the, your faucets. And you can make everything inside custom because that's truly where you live, right? The outside is just, you know, the dwelling. Um, so I'll say that first. Um, then I want to say, again, it's it costs money to have a custom home. So only like a minimum amount of money just for like permitting. It's probably going to cost you like, you know, 3000 bucks for a different permit you need. So like water, septic, electric, uh, whatever the medicinal fees are. You got water taps. So all that stuff, you know, based on whatever the local regulations are, is going to cost you. So on a, it's going to cost you roughly $3,000 just for permits. Um, and then you got to think about everything else where... Uh, we're talking about like land improvements. So mm-hmm. you got to survey the land. Is land flat already? Um, there's the there's the ground park. Is it buildable? Right. So it's a lot of other stuff you got to do. Equipment rentals, etc. So now you're talking another twenty to fifty grand. And again, you still technically haven't actually put anything on the land to build yet. This is just mm-hmm. preparation uh, for the housing. So again, if you have the money to do so, I think it's a great idea. Um, there are several communities where they sell lots. Um, you know, roughly twenty, thirty thousand, and then from there they say, "Hey, we have you know five or six builders you can choose from in this particular community because your your house has to be meet these minimum requirements from size." Um, and then from there, of course, it's custom because you choose the builder, you tell them what you want them to build, etc. But it is a, like a minimum community guideline so that you don't have you don't buy this nice plot of land and you put a hundred thousand dollar house on it, right? Because they want the community to have value and things like that. So. 
again, it's a it's a good idea if you again can afford it. If you can afford it, and I think that sometimes people feel like I'm gonna do custom because it's cheaper, or um, you know, they're not looking at the the grand scheme of things. They're not looking at the you know the big picture. I don't know. I I've never honestly I've never considered custom business mm-hmm. before. But what I can say as someone that, like I said, lives in a Lenar community, <laughs> um, I ain't gonna lie to you. They got about five floor plans. It's it's like ten of them, but they really five because all they do with the they have five, and then the other five is like a third floor of the. <laughs> it is pretty much the same but i've never thought about it like when i walk in my house i never say gosh i really hate that my bathroom is exactly like everybody else's bathroom like exactly i literally never think that and so i feel like with custom bills no shade but you can only do so much with two thousand square feet you know what i mean Mm -hmm. are you talking about custom building some 7500 grand you know, entrance, two-story for you, two sets of stairs. Like, what exactly are are you talking about doing? So, I don't know. I just think that people, um, when they say cookie cutter, I, I don't quite understand what that means unless you're going to go out and buy a million-dollar estate. And even to that, I would say it's only, and I've only, I do a lot of driving around Charlotte. I probably could be an Uber driver at this point, but I do a lot of driving around Charlotte, looking at houses, showing people houses. Mm-hmm. There's only like two very unique houses that I've ever seen because they're Florida style or like, um, I can say Florida, but Caribbean like uh, weather. Like they have the, um, I can't even explain the roofs, but they have the roofs that are like tile almost, like you'll mm-hmm. see in a mm-hmm. villa if you were on vacation somewhere. So they have that style house, but I feel like I've only seen two of those in the Charlotte area. Other than that, Everybody's house looks like a regular house to me. Um, and again, this is a person that drives around the city and look at houses for a living. Um, so I think those are like the primary differences that I've seen. But for the most part, all the houses look the same. But like I said, it's one um, where, you know, if you know where the premium outlets is, there's one over there and it has like in the red roof and it's kind of slanted. It looks like a Hispanic style. Mm-hmm. I think it's how you would, I, don't, I think that's the name. I don't know the right name for it, so I apologize. Mm-hmm. But it's more of a Hispanic house that you'll see in like the Dominican or somewhere in the Caribbean. Um, and then there's another one close to the airport. So literally, I've only seen two of them. The rest of the houses, in my opinion, look like a house, which is kind of what the makeup of the city is. Um, and again, maybe if you're going to know that you see some other different colors or, you know, vibrant things like that. But for the most part, everybody's house looks like a house because they have community standards for the most part. Yeah. I, and another thing, too, when you start talking about the building materials, you can only do what you can do in a geographic area. Mm-hmm. Like, the reason why the brick homes exist in Oklahoma and exist in Texas because they have tornadoes. We don't have tornadoes here. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, when you start talking about basements, like, we don't really have the soil that support basements the same way that you can build in, you know, in a St. Louis or in a Maryland. So, I mean, it's just you're always going to be limited to what you can do with, you know, with a house. But I, I just, if you want something custom, fine. But also understand that your quote-unquote custom, that builder that built your custom home, built the same custom home for, else <laughs> for somebody else too. Yeah. And I'll also say the other part is, like, as a person that owns, I own townhouses. I own several townhouses. I've got a couple of condos. I, own, I think all of my properties only own one, like, true single family home. But at my townhouses, 
they uh typically what builders do when we talk about townhouses is they either mirror the the floor plan or they have different variations of that. So in the one like townhome community I have, there are units with two car garages and there are one with single car garages. Typically if you have a single car garage, you have more bedrooms than the homes with two car garages because you have extra living space, right? Because the, the size of the um I guess floor is the same. So they can build it differently. Um, so I say that part, and then so as a result, I would say none of my none, the house that I own there is different than all the ones of the neighbors of me because they have a different floor plan based on the size of their garage and also where location of where their master bedroom is or owner suite as we call them now. Um, but like for instance, the one unit they have the master bedroom on the lower level, whereas in the one that I own, it's on upstairs. So there's no other one that looks like mine's on the inside. Outside, yeah, we have even differences because one may have one shutter versus two shutters. So there's external differences even in the townhome community, which is technically they're supposed to be the same mm -hmm. community. So I don't really buy into the cookie cutter idea because, again, you only could do what the land allows you to do based on elevation and things like that. But like I said, if you can afford it, by all means, get that extra fifty, you know, $60,000 ready just to get started. Go from there. Um, it's a good idea. But, again, it's not as... The external doesn't matter as much as the inside, which is actually where you make your home your home. You can, yeah, exactly. And to your to your point, talking about making your home your home, it can absolutely go way beyond just adding furniture. My house was two years old, and I destroyed it. I ended up getting um, new countertops. I got different appliances. Like you can always quote unquote customize the space, you know, to your liking. Um, on the interior, mm -hmm. even if you live in an HOA community. Mm -hmm. The only thing that they're usually going to raise their hand about is what are you doing to the property externally. So you can always, you know, go in and blow it up and start over again. So. I agree. I agree. So good luck with your custom home. Um, and uh, Lenar, if, you, if you're listening, we, we're looking for a sponsorship. So we would love one. Get in touch with us. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, like I said, there's nothing wrong with cookie cutter homes. Um, like I said, just again, uh, get what you have the ability to uh, maintain. That's the key. All right, well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. Hopefully, we've uh, shared some stuff that you can use to uh, spark some discussion with your family and friends. If you love what you heard, please uh, share, like the episode. Um, again, we need more people to listen to get the information. Again, our goal is just to help people to become homeowners. Um, again, that's one person at a time. So definitely, if you like what you heard, share this with someone. Thank you. Peace.